Welcome to Follow the Money, the only podcast that should make for interesting pillow talk. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this time we're covering Season 2, Episode 10, titled Chapter 23 of House of Cards. I am so excited that Gavin's back listening to shitty electronic music <laughs> and giving laughably bad quotes. I sent some sarcasm there. Oh, man, it's so awesome to have him back. Yeah, I was worried that Lucas was coming back this episode, too. Somehow busted out of jail uh, and is back to bore me to death <laughs> once again. Uh, if Francis is taken down by this douchebag... I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, so, okay, so what is the very end of this episode about? Beats the fuck out of he's me. He's talking to Rachel on the phone, and he's tracking Stamper's phone I, via GPS. Yeah. What does that mean in context here? I don't understand it. Okay, so here's my thing is what was the hammer missing to take the investigation of, uh, of Lucas's further? Mm-hmm. He couldn't find Rachel or Schlammerstein. What's his third? Kapiniak. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, because of Stamper's fucking obsession with Rachel, he's been following Stamper, and I don't know how, uh, but he's also figured out Rachel's burner, and he called her to get a fix on her. Mm -hmm. So now he knows where Rachel's at, and Rachel is the missing puzzle piece to blow this whole thing wide open. Sure. Why does he care? That's that's another big question I have. He, now that Lucas is out of the picture, so okay, what? I've got the answer to that, but i got a question to propound to you afterwards. Okay, sure. He cares because he's pissed at the federal government for making him do his dirty work, and he uh-huh. he must – a guy like him, a techno-anarchist like him, must hate the idea of being used to suppress a, a fellow kindred spirit. Like he might think that he's a little bit of a, a wuss. <laughs> he's a soldier, and Lucas is a, a naive wuss. Yeah. But he's got to respect the fact that he's trying to blow the whistle. And he's trying to uncover government corruption, and not just corruption, but murder. Mm-hmm. Um, gov- government murder. Um, so <laughs> my question to you is, how in the hell is Hieronymus Bot getting away with this sophisticated surveillance of a government official Right underneath the FBI's nose. Is he that good of a hacker? I think can, we're I think we're meant to think that, yeah. He can hack under a microscope. Uh-huh. And they don't have his apartment bugged, so they can't hear him saying stuff like, Hello, Doug Stamper. <laughs> yeah. Someone's being a bad boy. <laughs> You'd think the fucking Dick Tracy-looking villain with FBI would kick in and be like, What the hell are you maniacally laughing about? Yeah, nose chin bust into his apartment. Give me cashew. Give me cashew. I'm gonna have to step on him again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think we're just meant to think this guy is really that good, and he has his ways. I mean, according to movies and popular culture, hackers can do anything, and hackers are, you know, guess, impossible to trace. And I I just think that it's harder to do under surveillance. And he's I don't know. It doesn't seem like maybe he's covering his tracks well cyberly. But he's sure – I mean, he's just saying out loud the shit he's doing. Yeah. Like, it'd be the same thing if uh, he's like, you know, uh, 
hacking the U.S. power grid. I'm hacking the U.S. <laughs> power grid. I'm reading the president's away. email. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> come on, man. They've got your apartment bugged. They've got to. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. But I don't know why they don't uh, bust down a store. How about this? Is he also interested in taking down Frank? Does he think maybe if I give them a big enough fish, then I can get myself off the hook? Maybe. That's another, that, that's another good possibility because he doesn't want to give up his friends uh-huh. and deck sack. And he can't find AV dick, unit. dick suck or whatever his tagger group is. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, that that's that, – damn, Jim. I'm impressed. That's analysis. <laughs> okay. I don't know. We'll see because if that actually plays out. But. That's what it is. The one uh, FBI agent, uh, or is it a special, or is it one of the uh, uh, attorneys general or deputy attorney general uh, has got the hard on to get a big, yeah, wants a big pelt for her uh, mm-hmm. belt. Yeah, she wants some belt. guy named AV Unit. Yeah. Uh, it's going to turn out to be Frank Underwood. <laughs> it, I don't think so. Frank, <laughs> yeah, Frank is a secret hacker. He's such a he good is. hacker that the audience doesn't even know about it. No, man. I'm telling you what. We've got him bugged and wired for sound. That laptop, not just good for porn. <laughs> also That's a the super brilliant hacker part. Device. He's actually fully hacking while he's watching porn. <laughs> he's, he's, he's so good he types using one of those stenography. I mean, he's, he's typing in real time, mm-hmm. and he's so good he can see the stenography through the moving porno scene. All right. Uh, like the Matrix, right? Just like the Matrix. Okay. He just sees the code, Jim. You might see I see the porn. He you sees might the see code. a redhead getting railed like a <laughs> hog on a spit. He just sees the code. All right. We should probably move on from uh, by the way, what is a minor plot point. In by the way, you walk on me, walk in on me in a dark room. I got headphones on. I'm just sitting there fully dressed in a suit coat watching yeah. porn. Yeah. That would be more disturbing to you if I than if I had my pants around my ankles and jerking it furiously. At least I would understand that. Yes. This I don't get. Why view porn if you have no interest in uh, the extracurricular activities that come along with like, it? I've heard tell of guys watching pornos in like a group, like in a frat house. That kind makes of like no some sense. Ca- I get, man, look, look, look. I'm on your side. <laughs> okay. But at least I, I've Good. heard tell of this. I've never heard tell of someone just solitarily watching porn for entertainment value. You have a, a possible theory on why he's doing that, Dude, though. I Do you want to unleash I, it? I think it's. I don't think it's just a theory. I think it's going to happen. I, I agree with you. Um, so one of the one of the plot lines is Claire and Frank complaining that they're under such constant scrutiny with so many grenades they're juggling that they can't go out and fuck other people. Yeah, and they're like, God damn! I guess we're just gonna have to fuck each other. Ugh, no, no, not gonna happen. Sure. Um. First of all, you look like Kevin Spacey, and you've got that weird-ass circle thing going on with your neck. No, 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 no. You look like Kevin Spacey, and I look like Robin Wright. <laughs> <laughs> with a weird circle thing in her neck. She doesn't yeah, – yeah, whatever. I can't – okay. Anyway, so I think that they're grooming Doug – or grooming Meacham to be in a three-way with them. Okay. I am a big fan of that theory. Because why else would you watch porn – and not be jerking it. Just uh-huh. kind of gauge the guy's reaction. See how discreet he is about it. And then uh, when she came out with the beer and sat in Kevin Spacey's lap, they're looking at him like grade A beef. Yeah, and he's trying to get him to bring down his guard, too. Yeah, will you take a drink? How, how far over? Yeah, it's again, it feels like they're grooming him. 
I 100% agree with you. I think they, that's going to happen. Didn't it have a Secret Service agent for you know their sexual frustration release? Yeah, yeah. They, they can't get out, so bring it in, you know? Yeah, if you take a bullet, will you? <laughs> what else will you take? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so... Also, the porn he's watching is a threesome. Yes, which with is a girl with the girl in the middle. She's the meat in the sandwich. Yeah. Uh, so Although with spa- with with uh, Frank being ACDC, there could be a myriad of configurations there. Sure, sure. Meet him, bring along one of your friends. Uh, all right. So let's talk about Claire getting some death threats. Yes. Um, there's. We start off with a bomb scare at the very beginning. And that is clearly targeted at Claire uh, mm-hmm. because we find out that the guy is ex-military and his wife just had an abortion about a week ago. And this was all blamed by him uh, on Claire. And didn't we hear some staggering statistic like 3,000 death threats they received this – oh, no, that's 3,000 3, emails. Phone, phone calls or emails about yeah. this, the China scandal. Yep. But they're getting enough death threats that the, she's basically not allowed to go outside around large – you know, mm-hmm. she can't – that they ban them from running. Yeah, and this is cetera. all because of the legislation she's trying to get passed. Right. Uh, so – you, um, What do you think about Jackie stonewalling her on that? I mean that's been something that's been a uh, plot line for the last few episodes. Uh-huh. Um, we do know that Jackie has the background in the military, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of where she came from. But are the, is the military bread, buttering her bread? Because it seems like – like Claire is kind of aghast that she's the hmm. only female in the leadership position in both the Senate and the House. Yeah. And she's she said she would actively fight this legislation. Yeah, she also says like makes a point that Claire assumed her position on it. I think without it's... even asking her and that regardless of her position that's definitely a slap in the face uh, think... because she doesn't necessarily have the opinion that abortions are fine. Just because she's a woman, uh, mm. I, I think that's what she was getting at. You know, do you think that this is less ideological and more like you can't? Frank can't assume that he's got me in his pocket because it looks like she spends Maybe. a lot of this episode rebelling against Frank. Yeah, yeah, um, that that could be part of it. Certainly, uh, I Frank certainly feels like he owns her. He's he mm-hmm. still owns her secretary. Oh yeah, definitely, and they get information from her uh, this time around. And do they? And, and do they? Indeed. <laughs> um, do we want to talk any more about that? It's kind of a just a sideline part of this episode. Well, it, it, let's talk about how it bleeds into Remy. Uh, okay, because sure. you start off the episode with Remy in bed with Jackie doing a little sexy interrogation about her shitty ass tattoo. Uh huh. And as she loves su- the pain, as we suspected. Uh, well, I don't know if she loves the pain because it seems like he tried to bring it there, and she's like, "No, this was for." I killed a lot of people, and this is to help me out. Yeah, and it's like a penance for it. I, Remy's I all like all for the sexual pain, but he seemed genuinely disturbed when he made this connect. Didn't you think so? The look on his face is like, uh-huh. ooh, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Um, uh, especially when she mentioned, oh, I've killed a whole lot of people. <laughs> like, right. I'm sure that didn't sit too well with him. Uh, and then, yeah, the the idea that she just kind of pays for her sins with these painful tattoos uh, is also weird. Right. Uh, this get, uh, her defiance of Claire gets her in a lot of hot water uh, with uh, Frank, and she makes clear that she gives two shits about Frank's opinion, and she's her own person. Mm-hmm. Um, then 
Frank retaliates by, well, you might want to ask Remy about the attack ads <laughs> and how I defeated him. You might ask him about Tusk. And that should make for interesting pillow talk, which was like a big boom moment. Yeah, he set off a bomb in that room. Not only did he tell her, look, uh, I know about you and Remy, but there are things that Remy knows about that you don't know about, and he has not told you. <laughs> that's that's uh, kind of a double whammy there, right? <laughs> I about killed myself with this beer. Um, you know, I've never seen anyone in this show owe another person a favor and just shut them down like that. I've heard someone yeah. argue that we're even because you did this, then I did that, but no one said, like, look, I put you in this fucking office, and the other person say, well, tough titty. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think Frank was just uh, – couldn't believe the temerity of her doing that. <laughs> um, what did you think about her confrontation with Remy? Because I thought he handled that very well. Yeah, I mean, she re- she is the one who requested the divide between professional and personal yep. relationship – and he smartly points that out, and she says she then proceeds to say not on something this important. Yeah, well, uh, that ha- affected me I- exactly. Yeah, she she wants it both ways, and Remy tells her, "Look, you can't have it both ways." Yep. Uh, I, so yeah, I mean, Remy comes off smelling like a rose in that conversation, in my it's, opinion, and especially when she leapt to. I mean, from there to well, you're fucking me just to get info about Frank. Which she hasn't given him a goddamn thing. Not that I've seen. He hasn't pressed her. If anything, it's been the other way. She's made observations about him that she then uses with Frank and vice versa. But, yeah, he hasn't pumped her for information or anything like that. No, I don't think so. Um, So how about – what's up with the the Japanese in this episode? That goes nowhere, right? Um, Is that a setup for something later? Because they're uh, having trouble with the Chinese who have launched destroyers uh, over near Taiwan, taking small islands, mm-hmm. um, or threatening that, to. <clears throat> in Japan, you know, the thing about Taiwan is China thinks they still owe it, uh-huh. and the rest of the world own it, and re- the rest of the world kind of is like, eh, has mixed feelings about it, but the United States usually comes down pro-Taiwan, but they can't be, like, super official about it because you never want to provoke a war with, like, a billion and a half people. Yeah, this was a, a real issue in the real world, uh, say, like, six years ago. That been, it was being talked about continue, fervently. It's a continue real it, world issue uh, with, yeah, with the, yeah. the world events. I realize that. I'm just saying it was made a big deal here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's another rip from the headlines kind of thing, or at least, like, Tom Clancy plausible. Sure. Um and so Japan's like, well, you know, we got to deploy three destroyers and a cruiser to make sure that we're mm. – and they're requesting uh, parts of the Seventh Fleet uh, uh-huh. to come over there from the United States as a show of strength. But this is basically China rattling saber. They can't like, – uh, as Frank or somebody said, they can't beat up the big kid on the block, so they're beating up the little – the big kid's little brother. Uh-huh, sure. Um, and this is all over the, the trade dispute that's been going on since the first episode. Yeah, so nothing really ever comes of that in this episode, and I don't know if they'll revisit it or not. It doesn't seem like something they need to revisit. Maybe that was just them keeping this trade war in uh, well, the fact in that, our minds. The fact that the, the China thing is, is heating up makes any involvement with United States government officials with China look that much better. Sure. Or that much that, worse. It's yeah. one thing for corruption and peacetime, but if things are kind of more in a bellicose footing – it's going to make that look a lot worse. Definitely. Um, and a lot of things are looking bad here. Uh, 
Ayla, Isla, I don't know how to say her name. They said it in this episode, and I, I can't. I think it's Isla. Uh, okay, Isla. Um, you know she's she's rooting around. She's talking with Tusk last episode. She's connecting all these dots. She's calling up limo services and seeing when uh, the Chinese are coming in. Uh, she is figuring this all out, and she launched. She uh, writes up a story that is posted in the newspaper that basically says. It raises questions, yeah, basically, right? Basically, here's the facts as we know it. What uh-huh. the hell's going on? Yeah. So she doesn't she doesn't propose to answer those questions. Just raise them. But get the, people talking. But Frank pulled the pin on this grenade because he was impatient with getting revenge on T- Tusk. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing about this is this is potentially as dangerous to him as it is to Tusk because Tusk, as he points out at the end of this episode, I don't give a fuck about public opinion as long yeah. as I'm making money. <laughs> Uh, my board is going to support me and my shareholders are going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Frank doesn't have that luxury. No, all um, he has are his, his public opinions. Yeah. So what I don't understand is Frank manipulates the president into calling a special prosecutor. Uh huh. He must have some kind of ace up his sleeve. Uh, he's got something that he thinks that he can control that process and make sure because Tusk and him both have the same goal. This is going to hurt, but we want it to hurt the other bastard worse. Yeah. But and, Frank, somehow the special prosecutor is key to uh, Frank uh, to, to, to Frank's long-term plan. Yeah, and as is, the only person in the spotlight here is Tusk. Frank, Frank is not yet in that spotlight, right? Mm, I don't know, because when they did that quick snippet of, like, uh, Sean Haney to Rachel Maddow and Chris uh, uh-huh. Matthews, they were both saying uh, the, it seemed like the vice president and even president were coming off worse in the interviews than hmm. than Billy. And I, that's that seems right to me, because if I heard in the news that a, an American billionaire and Chinese billionaire are trying to buy off politicians and a scandal goes as high as the vice presidency and presidency. Uh, I wouldn't be pissed at the businessmen because that's what they do. <laughs> okay. That's what they do. The fucking public servants are supposed to one to be the ones that turn down the dirty money and not let that influence their decision making. Yeah. So I, I'm deeply unsure of Frank's plan here. Yeah, I don't know what this special prosecutor will do, but I'm sure we will find out in the next episode. Um, the last thing I guess I really want to talk about is Stamper and Rachel. Uh, he has kind of a change of heart here this episode uh, after telling her that she needs to get rid of Lisa by the end of the day or the next day. He eventually decides, no, Lisa can stay. Uh, why does he do this? I don't know because he wants Rachel to read to him. <laughs> <laughs> just like his mom used to that's creepy yeah he's a, he's a really creepy dude man yeah and his mom reads him as a child the tale of two cities <laughs> no what's worse he was like 17 at the time <laughs> uh, no wonder he's so fucked up i mean on the one hand you'd think he'd have a slightly better moral outtake or out or, you know take on this because you know, or maybe that's what he th- sees himself. He sees as a flawed individual that's sacrificing himself to save a better man. But Frank, Frank is not a better, yeah. Francis Frank is not a better man. Sure, and and he does try to make that exact point with Frank. Look, I'm your failsafe. Oh, because yeah, um, 
Stamper is distracted by this Rachel thing. Mm-hmm. He was off listening to her read the Bible to him when this scandal broke. He's out in the boondocks of Baltimore. Uh-huh. Takes him a while to get back to the White House, or yeah, to the White House for the briefing. And he's like, "I'll brief you in five minutes." Like, no need. Seth is already taking care of it. Yeah. And then he's trying to put Seth in his place that he had successfully done several a few episodes past, and it got to the point where Frank's like, "Look, what the fuck? Are you you know are are you my safety valve because?" Mm-hmm. Um, you're worried about office politics in the middle of this horrible crisis. And you're distracted by whatever the hell you're distracted by and not, not in the place that I need you to be. Yeah, yeah, it, definitely a mistake on Stamper's part. And I don't know that he's done making mistakes. He seems like he's getting rattled by Seth pretty hard. And not just rattled by Seth, but it's the I think it's everything. It's the Rachel thing. It's the fact that he hasn't been able to make any headway on this Tusk situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, just a bad deal all around. Um, we also found out that president still being, speaking of distractions, still being sidetracked by his marital issues, that the sure. counseling's helping, but it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's really draining for him. It's, it's sapping mm-hmm. his resolve and will. And we found out Christina was a casualty of the, of Linda resi- resigning. Got the ax. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping she would step yeah. up, take Linda's place, but no. Uh, and that was a move. Uh, directly to as a sop to the first lady sure yeah she definitely had a problem with christina being so close to the president so she's got to go yep anything else no man i can't wait to get back to this to find out what happens with gavin all right let's do it So that's it for our instant take, but starting next week, we'll be doing a longer, more in-depth weekly cast for House of Cards. Be sure to send us your thoughts and feedback to houseofcards at baldmove.com, and we just might read it on air. If you've enjoyed our show, please help us get our new House of Cards podcast launched in style by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. You can also support us by using our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. Just go to amazon.baldmove.com and we'll get a tiny cut of Amazon's profits from whatever you buy on that session. Best of all, it costs you nothing. Be sure to tell your friends, family, and coworkers about Bald Move. Also, check out our website for all our other television coverage for Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, and Downton Abbey, and all of our general pop culture casts like Personal Arrogance and The Because Show. Keep up with the latest on Twitter at Bald Move and on Facebook.com slash Bald Move. See you next episode. Thank you.